Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of They Call Me Coach. You can now like our They Call Me Coach Facebook page or subscribe and follow the show on Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. Please share, like, and give us a positive review if you're enjoying the content. And now, here's your episode. On this episode, I take a selfish approach and try to pick the brain of a veteran coach who's gotten the best of the team that I coach more than once. Our guest is Coach Kirk Graham, who is the head coach of the Anadarko Lady Warriors. Due to it being basketball season and time being more limited, we're going to try a different approach. And so we're going to split this episode into two parts. The episode you're currently listening to is part one, and we go over a variety of topics. I ask advice for younger coaches on what they should be looking for in a mentor or character traits that they should be looking for in a mentor or coach about how to best become involved in the Oklahoma Coaches Association, and even try to get some marital advice along the way. I'll take any advice as long as it's free with no strings attached. If you find that you like the shorter episodes broken down into smaller parts, shoot us a message on Facebook, Apple Podcast, or Spotify Podcast, and let us know how you like the updated format. Now, here's your episode. And now joining us is our guest, Coach Kurt Graham of the Anadarko Lady Warriors. Coach, how are you today? Well, I'm doing good. I finally got on here and figured out what I was doing. Well, it is not easy to to do something uh, through trying to text instructions, and I didn't even do a good job of texting you instructions, so uh, blame it on the host. Well, I, I, I'm, I like to blame myself first on things, and I, my alarm was going off after practice. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get this going here. So anyway, we're, we're here. Yep. Uh, did you guys get better today? I think we did. Uh, we, we'd scrimmage yesterday, watched a little film, just one quarter of it before practice, talked about some things, worked on a few things. So um, I, we're going to find out tomorrow whether uh, we got any better today or not. That's right. So do you guys bring back many of your starters from last year? We have four starters coming back. Um what I thought was our best player last year, our most sound all-around player, she, she all stated. Um, obviously, she graduated. So I think we can be better at the other four positions, and hopefully uh, a girl that's coming in as a freshman has a lot of upside to her, and we'll, uh, we'll hope that uh, she can kind of feel the, the void of that girl that graduated and I think we'll be a better team this year. Well, I don't know how much you can be better. You beat us twice, uh, and and we tried two different two different tactics against you, and neither one worked too well. So, uh, if you're better, then then that's bad news for me. <laughs> well, I think we're better. Uh, we just we, we'll just I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, no, you you gave us some problems last year, and um, you know. Girls basketball sometimes has a problem scoring. I felt like our defense was really good. Uh, we just we had problems putting the ball in the basket sometimes, and that makes it difficult. Yeah, I never will forget. Uh, we're playing you guys at your place in the regional, uh, the first round of regionals, and our entire game plan was try to play as fast as possible. The final or the score at the end of the first quarter was one to zero us on a free throw, um, and uh, and we were trying to push the pace as fast as possible to prevent you guys from getting in your tough man-to-man defense. And, and uh, you see how well that worked out. So, um, which kind of leads me to this. So um, I, 
every every person that I talk to, I I talk to because I know something about them and um, I know that they're doing things in their in their profession that they're doing things better than I am. And so my whole goal is to kind of be selfish and learn what what are other coaches doing that make them so successful because I'm not good, but I want to be good one day. And so um, coach, you're you're a member of the Oklahoma uh, basketball Hall of Fame. Is that right? The, the boys the co- basketball the boys, boys yes. basketball coaches hall of, hall of fame i'm sorry yes yes that's it and so who better to talk to uh, for that and so um well i don't know how how deserving i was of the honor but i was humbled by the fact that uh you know being nominated obviously somebody thinks you you've earned the right to be in that group and then uh you know when the when the the people that vote on it vote you in I mean, there's a there's a good number of people that's on the ballot to be voted in, and you know, to be one of the five of that group, uh, I was I was humbled by it for sure. Well, it's well deserved. You do a great job, um, Coach. You've mentioned in some of our correspondence that we've had, kind of your personal relationship <clears throat> dating back to to student teaching with Coach Shumpert. Um, what what does his relationship mean to you? And for those who don't know, Coach Shumpert is the is the boys basketball coach at Anadarko. Um, longtime coach there and coached at Carnegie before, but um, kind of just tell us what your relationship is with him and kind of what he means to you. Well, he was obviously coaching and, and doing great at Carnegie uh, in the first few years. He approached me one day. I was in the gym as a college student shooting, just, you know, killing time. And he approached me about helping him. And he said, you know, I'd like for you to help me all year, not just, you know, during student teaching time, which, you know, we're always looking for somebody to step in there and help us with something or another. And so I, I was able to get that worked out where I was able to do my student teaching uh, at Carnegie with him. And, uh, you know, so I had a lot of respect for him from the get go. And, you know, he worked with me. He saw something in me, obviously that, uh, that was worth something, you know, to, to want me to help him. And anyway, I learned a ton that year. You know, we won the state championship at the end of that year on uh, one of the most dramatic endings in a state championship game, scoring, you know, whatever it was, uh, 10 points in the last 23 seconds of the game to beat St. Mary's. And, uh, you know, I just learned, I learned a lot that first year. I mean, when you're young and you, you, you don't know a lot, it's easy to learn a lot. And I did. And I took, I took that with me, uh, to Winniewood and, but you know, he's, he showed me how to work. He showed me about, uh, you know, getting after kids, but yet patting them on the back when they do something good. So, uh, as, you know, as time's gone on, we've, we've kept up in our relationship. Um, we, we played against each other a little bit when I was at Winniewood, uh, I was the assistant then. And then when I went to Carnegie, he was at Anadarko, and we played against each other a few times. And um, I think I've won one game against him out of, I don't know, whatever it was, 10 or 12 games. But uh, anyway, we've got, you know, a lot of respect for each other. And uh, it's just it's been fun working with him here for sure. And so what advice would you give to a young coach when it comes to that time where student teaching is happening or maybe – uh, you've already finished your student teaching 
and and you're trying to pick someone to go work for uh, as an assistant, what what would you kind of encourage a young coach to do on who they surround themselves with and what what kind of coach should they be looking for? Well, obviously you want to you want yourself in a position um, to learn something from some quality people and you don't have to look around or talk to too many people to get a short list of who some of the best coaches are in your area. And there's a, there's a ton of good coaches. So uh, if I was given advice, I'd say, Hey, get out there and who are the best coaches, go talk to them, see if you can go help them, you know, part-time or if you're a college student, you know, there's, there's some time there you can go and, and help at practice or, or go to games or just, you know, those kind of things. Obviously when you get down to where you're doing your student teaching, uh, you may or may not be able to get in there, but I think there's a ton of coaches that are willing to help young coaches because somebody helped us when we were young and, you know, just to get out there and, and find somebody that's had success, uh, just go talk to them, just kind of, you know, put yourself out there as far as available um, because there's, there's plenty to learn and there's a lot of really brilliant coaches out there that, uh, you know, can teach a lot of, a lot of things about basketball. And so to follow that up, what would be something once they're, once they're in a program, let's say they found somebody that they want to work for, somebody has, has brought them along first year, second year coach, what are you, what are you trying to encourage those people who are just getting into the profession, um, to do in practice or uh, to even do with even relationships with kids? Well, I, I found myself over the last several years having new assistants and some of them have been young and just right out of school. And, you know, some of them obviously are a little more driven and want to be in there and, and be a part. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's kind of difficult to learn. You learn by your experience. So, you know, I, I'm trying to tell my assistants now who are young and into the coaching profession. One of them's just out of school. One of them's really not been a coach, but, uh, she's helping me now. And it's just a constant, uh, communication about, Hey, I need you to stand on the baseline down here. And when they come down here, you know, Hey, play hard, you know, and just, block out when the, when the shot goes up, just little subtle reminders, help them when you can. Um, just, just stuff like that, that you're always trying to mentor those people because when those people do their job better, it makes for the better team. It makes my job a little bit easier, but you you just can't think that they're just going to know what to do. You got to teach them just like you're teaching the kids sometimes. So that's, that's kind of what I've been doing and, uh, I would, if I was a young coach, knowing what I know now, I would go in there and I would be saying, "Hey, what do you want me to do? What what can I do better? You know, just like a, a player does a lot of times. What what am I doing wrong? How can I get better? And I think sometimes all of us don't do that enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking about that, I mean, you were an assistant at Winniewood for seven years, and so um, what prompted you to stay around and wait your turn? Okay, I was fortunate to to get that job. There wasn't jobs were not easy to get thirty years ago, like they like they are now. There, I don't it just seems like 
it's a little easier to get a job, especially a head coaching job now than it was then. So, uh, you know, Coach Shumpert helped me. He knew the guy who kind of got me involved there, and I got in there. And he stayed two years, and then he took a job, and I put in to be the head coach, and I didn't get the job. And apparently it was the Lord's will for me not to get it at that point. Um, they paid They paid good at the time. Uh, the coaches that I worked for there were willing to let me coach uh, seventh grade, junior high, JV, as well as have a lot of say in high school. So I was getting a lot of experience and practice coaching, but I, I wasn't the head coach. And there were good people there. Like I said, the pay was good. We liked the community. And it was just a good fit, I thought. Um, I thought at some point if the job opened up again, I'd have a chance to get it. Eventually it did. Now, along the way, I did apply for a few jobs, but I wasn't going to take just any job to be the head coach. I wanted to, to get a good job where I had a chance to go in there and win, place that had good facilities, good athletes, good administration, all those things. So when those jobs didn't open and, and offer me the job, I was willing to stay there and just continue to learn as the assistant. And so did, did Winnie Wood's success play a part into you wanting to stay? And, and did James Allen uh, play, into, play into that at all? Like, was he there when you were there? Yes. You know, the, um, I, I'm, I didn't coach football. I didn't play football in high school. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about football, but I liked watching football. And Winnie Wood had really, really good football. And so it was fun in the fall of watching these athletes. And they had some terrific football coaches down there. Jim Holloway, I learned a lot from him just watching him do, do his job as the football coach. He was the athletic director. Um, he just he taught me a lot. And I was learning. I enjoyed the, the football success. The, the school was having a lot of success with their athletics. It was just a good time. It was a good fit, a lot of good people. And uh, I just thought, hey, I can stay here, and I like what I'm doing. There's no sense in rushing out and taking a job just to have a head coaching job when we can win a lot of games here and be a part of something special here. And, and we, we did. We had a lot of success there. Yeah, and so, you know, behind every good coach is is a supportive spouse. And so – um, you know, for you to endure seven years of being an, uh, of being an assistant and then getting your head coaching job, uh, you and your wife, Lori, um, kind of meet during that time, um, or, or maybe right before, if I'm, 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 if I'm not doing math correctly, you can help me out, but, um, kind of what, what's your secret to now being married for 34 years and, and, and continuing that on and counting. So, kind of what's some, some marital advice for, for coaches and their spouse? Well, the number one thing that I was looking for in a, in a woman that I wanted to marry is a Christian woman. And she was that I knew her when she was in high school and I was in college. Uh, so we had dated there. She, she went to OU my first year at Winniewood. That was, that was close enough that we could continue to 
see each other and, and uh, you know, build on our relationship. So a- after my first year at Winniewood, we got married. Um, you know, she kind of knew a little bit of what she was getting into, I think. Maybe not totally. You know, I don't know that anybody knows till they're really doing it. But uh, it's 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 work. I mean, you have to work at your marriage if you want it to be good. If you want to be good at, as a coach, you're going to have to work at it. If you want to be good as an administrator, you know, things just don't happen because they happen. You have to make it happen. And we just, you know, we fell in love. We We are there for each other. We are supportive of each other. We uh, sacrifice for each other. So there's give and take. There's you know, basketball season. She's making more sacrifices than I probably know. But uh, we've just we've worked well together. Uh, I probably hasn't haven't returned the favor as much after basketball season as as she has sacrificing during the season. But uh, she's been my biggest fan. She's been my biggest you know supporter. Um, you know, so it, it's it's been a great marriage. It's been a great relationship. We were married uh, five years, I think, before we had our first child. Um, it's just she's been a fantastic wife, fantastic mother, a great coach's wife. She understands I got to be at the gym sometimes, and and I'm not at home. And so, you know, it's it, it takes a little bit of work, but she, it takes some sacrifices on both of our parts, too, to make it work. And so when you retired in 2019, did, did that play a part as, as maybe, you know, you want to be home more? Um, maybe, maybe kids were still in the house at that point. Maybe that maybe they were in college still, but did that play a part and maybe you, you wanting to step, take a step back and retire from, from coaching? Well, our kids had graduated and we had spent what was our last year at Carnegie without kids in the home. And, it just it had kind of, we had kind of run our run our course at Carnegie as far as uh, some things were changing and not to necessarily our liking, and so it just it came to a point where um, I just said, hey, I can retire, I can work part time if the right job comes open, and you know that wasn't going to be at Carnegie, and she. You know, is at that point where I said, "Hey, you, you." She was a principal, and she she's a good principal. And I said, "You find a job you want," and a job opened up, and we moved to Watonga, and she became the principal, and it was a it was a better job for her there. So we moved to Watonga. I took the year off. I was kind of dabbling with helping some people, but nothing really fit. So. I just kind of took the year off to decide, do I really want to continue coaching? And if I don't, I'll know. And if I do, (laughs) I'll know. And I missed it. So um, when the job came open there, you know, the next year, then I was a good fit for it. And, and that worked out too there. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, just, just knowing what we've talked about beforehand, I'm kind of just trying to, to take as much knowledge from you as I can. So I know this isn't necessarily flowing like um, other, other people that I've talked to, but I'm just so curious to know um, what you've accomplished and what you've done. So I'm just, I'm just being selfish here, but um, 
you know, you took that step away, but now you're, you're back into it. And, um, you know, we attended a region meeting last week. I'm sure you had one too, that you were, that you were a part of, but there's just not a whole lot of coaches there. Um, and so to kind of go back to my, my initial question about what young coaches should be doing, kind of what did you do to get yourself involved in the Oklahoma coaches association to where, um, to where you're now in leader in a leadership position and, kind of what would some advice be for somebody who may not even have that on their radar? Well, when I, when I went to Winniewood, they, they took me under their wing. Uh, David Ward was the girls coach there. He, he took me under his wing as well as Jimmy Williams, who was the boys coach and I was his assistant and they, they loaded up in the car. They went to the region meeting. I thought that's what you did. And I, and I went with them. And we went to those region meetings and, you know, you don't really know what those are until you go. Uh, the more you go, the more you pay attention, the more years that you do that, you begin to learn what's going on, why it's going on. And the more you know, the more it helps you, the coach, to help your kids, whether it's nominating them for a scholarship or, or how they make all state, you start to figure out all these different things that the coaches association does for coaches and the kids. And it's just a, it's just a great organization that uh, is there to help coaches be better, to help coaches help their players, um, you know, get the honors that they deserve. Um, you know, and just, I think there, I think there's a lot of young coaches that are missing the boat on getting involved in the association. We know that, you know, there's strength in numbers and the more people that you have there, the more input that they give to the region rep that can take it back to the OCA office ideas, you know, spring from that. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a great organization that I, I think a lot of people aren't real familiar with. And, and maybe it's because somebody didn't take them under their wing, like those guys did at Winniewood for me. So I'm trying to do that wherever I've been, some people are more receptive to it. Some people are, they, they want to be home or, you know, not really be a part of it. So. Yeah. And so what kind of, what's your stance on clinic um, is, is clinic are do you use that time to go up and, and to sit through breakouts? Do you go up to that um, and, and spend time kind of fraternizing with, with some other coaches and picking their brains kind of what, what's your stance there? Well, it's a, I've gone to the coaches clinic every year, except, uh, the one year I was retired, I, I did actually go to uh living legends meeting up there and listen to, uh, coach Shumpert and Ray West when they had a, a breakout session about, you know, just those two and their, their careers. But, uh, there was one other year I did not go to the coaches association because my daughter was going to basketball camp at uncle McChristian and I went and worked the camp and, and uh, did that, but I love going to the clinic. Uh, you see some people that you don't see very often. You, you, it's on. A, it's a little bit of a vacation away from you know the the grind of a hot summer and and where you live. But there's opportunities there that are very beneficial if a person wants to take advantage of it. Those those meetings where those coaches are speaking. I mean, those are the those are the success, successful people that 
you know, we were talking about earlier, who, who do you want to pattern, you know, your program after these people have had success. There's something that they're doing that you could take. And though you might not get a, uh, a total revamp of your program or your thinking, it does throw up some new ideas for drills or, or, you know, offense or defense. But uh, sometimes you hear people talk and it makes you, it kind of solidifies the things that you do. Like, no, I, I like, I like my press breaker better than this, you know? And so, you know, it kind of helps shape you and mold you and just, uh, you know, those, the, the couple of years ago, I caught David Page up there. I wanted to know about his, his press and his and his uh, three two matchup zone defense. And we sat down for an hour or two and talked about it. And we worked it. We run it a little bit, but uh, I may run it again a little bit this year. But those are the moments that help you grow as a coach, or it helps you realize I like the things I'm doing, and I'm going to continue to do those. Yeah, and, and at the very least, you get you get your wheels turning, thinking, okay, what are some things that that I could be doing better, or what are what are some ways that we're doing something that we can make more efficient? You know, whether it's you're spending too much time on one thing versus um, not implementing another. Um, that's what's really helped me is is knowing. Um, you know, just, just getting my wheels turning and it, and it just sparks new ideas in my mind versus just sitting at home and, and, and doing things that coaches and, and teachers do over the summer. I, I feel like it kind of gets my brain back in act, active mode as far as, as far as kind of what um, some things that we can implement and do better, you know, the, the next season. And so um, I think that's, I think that's a great point um, for clinic. So, we're going to do something different than, than I've ever done on, on the podcast. We're going to, we're going to stop it right here. Um, and we're going to have a part two, um, coach Graham. I really appreciate you being willing to come on here. When we get on to part two, we're going to go more into kind of some stops and more specific stories. I would love to just hear some stories be told about some places you've been and, and some really cool experiences you've had, uh, along your journey of 34 or of, did you say 40 years? I, I was combining your I, marriage. Yeah, I've been married for 34 years, going on 35. And so coaching is like 35, I think. Okay, so 35. <laughs> Somewhere so. in that mid-30s, yes. So there's a lot that we that we can get to um, with it being basketball season. When we're recording this, it's it's really hard to make time for, for you and for myself. And so um, if it's okay with you, we'll break this into part two. And, uh, and we'll revisit kind of some more specific stories on, on where you've been in your coaching career. Sounds good. Thank you again for listening to another episode of They Call Me Coach. Be on the lookout as we release a new episode every Tuesday. Please remember to like our They Call Me Coach podcast page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook for updates on new episodes.